0: Please turn with me in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11 this morning at verse 32 through verse 40. It's a fairly lengthy passage of Scripture, and you'll find it on page 1876, 1876 of the church Bible. For those watching at home on our live stream broadcast, we trust that you have an open Bible in front of you as we begin to immerse ourselves in and explore God's Word for us together. Over the last few weeks, as many of you know, we have been steadily working our way through this outstanding chapter in Scripture, and today we come to our penultimate study in this section, and we're coming to verse 32. The writer to the Hebrews begins this final section with these words, "'And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David, Samuel, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Amen, and we trust that God will bless to us this reading from His Holy Word. I wonder if you ever find yourself standing in the bedroom or the kitchen or the garage at home, and you're asking yourself, what on earth did I come in here for? Because for some reason, your mind has been distracted, and you're thinking, gosh, why was it I came in here? That happens to me more than I would like. And then a couple of weeks ago, I found myself standing at the bottom of the stairs in my home asking myself, am I going up or have I just come down? And then it moved to a whole new level this past week when I discovered not only was I talking to myself, but I wasn't listening to myself and had to repeat to myself what I had initially said. It was just one of those weeks. And this morning, as we come to this final section in Hebrews 11, my question is this. In the midst of busy, demanding schedules, a hectic lifestyle, how do we discern the voice of God? speaking into our lives? How do we know with certainty and confidence that we're hearing His voice, not just our own willful decisions, not just our own desires, but how can we be certain God Himself is saying, this is the way, walk in it? And that's where we're going in our study this morning. And honestly, I would find it difficult to imagine a better place than Hebrews chapter 11 to begin to ask those questions. In this passage that we're coming to, there is a vast panoply of people and circumstance. And yet this morning I could not possibly, even if I was to speak for an hour, do justice. To all that's contained in this passage. And in fact, that may have been your impression as we were reading it, thinking, how on earth are we going to tackle all of this? And so rather than attempt the impossible, I want to look at the life of one individual. And I want to look at a solitary moment in that individual's life when God unmistakably, clearly, in a compelling fashion, calls that person. And so, that's where we're going this morning. And we're going there for a number of reasons, some of which we see in this passage, which we read moments ago. And after giving us a list of people, the writer to the Hebrews writes, of them who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. It is a remarkably encouraging passage of Scripture. Scripture. And we see that list of people, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. As I said moments ago, I want to focus on one individual. But before we get there, remember the refrain that's been running through this passage, by faith. And we've seen it again and again and again, by faith Enoch, by faith Abel, by faith Moses, by faith Abraham. And it's not the personality of the person that they are commended for. It's not their leadership ability. It's not their willingness to persevere and show patience. All important, all crucial in the makeup of any individual, but they are commended for living by faith. And my goodness, how many Sundays have we said that one of the major principles in this passage is this, not that we are called to work it all out, but to trust He already has. And that's exactly where we're going in this penultimate study in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're looking at the life of one individual. This individual was probably nine or ten years old when God calls to him. His life is about to be changed forever, and from that point on, he lived by faith. My question for you this morning is this, that as the folks in Hebrews chapter 11 are defined by faith, that was the one characteristic that they had in common. It was the mighty impetus of their lives. It was the great energy which drove them forward, which enabled them to faithfully follow Him who first loved them. And if I were to sit down with those who love you the most this morning, husband, wife, Children, parents, and ask them about you, would their immediate instinctive response be, She's a woman of faith. He's a man of faith. Prayer is important to him. She nurtures and nourishes a relationship with God that, quite frankly, puts me to shame. Is that the sort of thing they would say about you? Is that how they would define you as a person who walks by faith? And remember several weeks ago when we were looking at this, I said, it's not necessarily the strength of your faith that matters, but rather the subject of your faith that matters. Folks, we're not talking about faith in faith. We're talking about faith in the Lord God Almighty, high and lifted up, majestic, omnipotent, and yet we know Him and love Him simply because He extends grace to us. Would you be defined as a man or woman of faith? Well, we're coming to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm not going to ask you to look it up because it's a lengthy and detailed passage. By all means, read it later this afternoon or this evening. Dip in and out of it in the course of this week. It is a remarkable chapter of Scripture. And allow me to share with you some of the principles contained in it. But as always on a Sunday morning, it's helpful for us to remember the context in which a passage takes place. And the books of First and 2 Samuel fall on from the end of the book of Judges. And the book of Judges in the Old Testament is a distinctly dark period in the history of ancient Israel. It has been 200 years since the death of Moses and Joshua And the people themselves are beginning to emerge as a single nation out of a loose confederation of clans and tribes, and regional judges are in place administering politics, justice, trade. The people of Israel are beginning seriously to understand that they have been through similar patterns for a long time. They promise that they would go back and be obedient to God, walk closely with Him, care for family and neighbors and friends, and then they veer off into disobedience and open rebellion with each other and with God, and it does not end well. And then the cycle begins again and again and again. And after seven cycles, you get to the end of the book of Judges, and you read these words, everyone did as he saw fit. Moral and spiritual and cultural chaos defined the day. And God is about to work in a quiet, unobtrusive, unseen fashion. There's no burning bush. There's no writing of the finger of God in the sky. There's no great vision given. No one has a spectacular dream. No great king emerges, at least not yet. And Judges is a dark and difficult period. The people begin to pray for a king. Father, give us a king, someone who will bring stability, someone who will help with agriculture and fishing, someone who will help with import and export, someone who will help with justice and a political structure. Enable us to be a nation. And all of that is swirling around in the background. And as God begins to answer their prayers, 1 Samuel, Samuel doesn't open with God calling the next king. It doesn't open when he puts his hand on the next great judge who would then evolve to become a king, but it opens with a lady called Hannah. Hannah longed to have children. The passage tells us she was distraught, she was tearful, frustrated beyond measure, and we find her in a place called Shiloh. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you'll remember that Shiloh had at its heart a place of worship. It's a place where people from all over the nation on feast days and holidays would gather for prayer and sacrifice and worship. It was a, a place probably, maybe slightly smaller than her sanctuary here but right at the front. Imagine the communion table being, in fact, the Ark of the Covenant. That's where the Ten Commandments were held. There was no temple built in Jerusalem at that point. Jerusalem was not the city it is today. And so, people would flock to Shiloh. Eli was the priest. People looked up to him. And God answers Hannah's prayer in a spectacular fashion and gives to her a wee boy. And she had prayed, Father, if you give me a son, I will dedicate him to you, and he will be yours for the rest of his life. At the end of chapter 2, we read this, and Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. Now, does that sound familiar? Does that sound as if it comes from Luke chapter 2? when Luke was describing Jesus as a youngster, the language is almost identical. And you see the parallel right there. And if you're familiar with the New Testament, you read this and think, whoa, wait a minute. Something is about to happen. And you're right. Because when you come into First Samuel chapter 3, you read these words, and in those days, the word of the Lord was rare no prophets, no great announcement from on high. The word of the Lord was rare. And then quickly, you read the second verse, and it says, one night Eli's, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Now, pause for a second, because I don't want you to miss this. Eli was an older man. His body was slowing down. He is feeling his age, and you have the natural deterioration of health. And it's not simply that Eli's eyes were so weak he could barely see. The writer to 1 Samuel is reflecting and giving us echoes of the spiritual temperature of the nation he was becoming blind. They were living in dark days. The Scriptures already told us there was no great visions from God. And that symbolic sense of darkness pervades these early verses, except we read, and Eli was lying down in his usual place which I think is absolutely spectacular. Each time I read that, I smile because I know this, God was about to work in and through the most mundane daily routine and activity of Eli's life. He was going to bed after a busy night, and God was about to speak amidst the normal, amidst the mundane, amidst the routine. And then it adds, symbolically and also significantly, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Here's my question to you. In the midst of busy, demanding lifestyles, in the midst of living life in a 21st century situation where it never feels as if we have a moment for ourselves, how would you discern the voice of God? How would you know if God was speaking? How could you be certain? And we touched on this at the beginning of our study this morning. So, let me go a step further, and let me ask you this. Are you closer to Him today than you were six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago? Have you been intentional in your relationship with Him? Have you found yourself week by week opening up the Scriptures relaxing in His presence, overwhelmed by the wonder of His love, and delighting in all that He means to you, overwhelmed by His mercy and His grace and His love, encouraged, strengthened, equipped, empowered by Him. Have those days been a living reality for you recently? Or have you found yourself wondering? Somehow there's never enough hours in the day. Somehow you never are able to get done what you want to get done. And he is marginalized and minimized, and the faith that wants to find who you are has become cool. Allow me to confess for a moment. And of course, confession, they say, is good for the soul. But speaking personally, I can usually find time to binge watch Stranger Things or something from Netflix, watch a favorite movie, read a favorite book, go out with good friends. I can usually find time for that. Even though life is demanding, a schedule is full, there's always emails to be responded to or texts to return or people to see. And it goes on and on and on and on. But when it comes to prayer, when it comes to really engaging with Him and to pray, Father, show me the areas in my life that need to change, model, shape me, mold me, I sometimes never quite have time for that. Does that describe you? And when God speaks to Samuel, he does so, as we said moments ago, in that quiet, unseen, unobtrusive voice. And he simply says, Samuel. And Samuel, of course, thinks it's Eli, and so he runs to Eli and says, Did you call? Eli says, no, I didn't. Maybe you've had a dream. Go back, lie down, which he does. And God calls a second time, Samuel. Eli runs back, excuse me, Samuel runs back to Eli. Eli says, not me. It happened a third time. And then Eli said to him, go back and lie down. And when you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Does God speak through familiar voices? He does. Does He speak to us through family and friends when we need advice? Yes, He does. Does He lead and guide and direct in moments when a relationship that was cemented in an engagement and a wedding is less than 12 months ahead? And suddenly, that relationship ruptures, turns sour, and is no more. And all of the hopes and dreams and longings that went along with it, where is the voice of God in the middle of that? How do we discern that He's speaking when we're wrestling through the options of helping and assisting parents move to a nursing facility? What are our options when a spouse has dementia? What are our options of moving forward when a child dies, and the pain and grief is overwhelming? What do we do then? Where is his comforting voice? What have children and grandchildren going into senior year of high school with college and all of the decisions still to be made. How do we discern the voice of God in all of that? Can it come in that through familiar voices? Absolutely. When we sit down with others who've had experience in these areas and say, help me, advise me. And the hand of God can be right there But primarily, we discover this. We discover that God revealed Himself to Samuel through His Word. In other words, as God spoke to Samuel, as He revealed to Samuel His sense of call, as He was revealing to Samuel His future. And you may be tempted to say, my goodness, if only God would speak to me like that, I would be absolutely certain, I would know beyond any shadow of a doubt what my future would be. Richard, quite frankly, if God would simply write out instructions for me every morning, leave them in my mailbox, I would get them, I would be right on course. I would know exactly what's happening. But then you're not living by faith. Then you're living by the mailbox. When He calls us to live by faith, it happens primarily when we spend time in the pages of His Word. How does it work? How does it make sense? It often happens when we're going through a moment of crisis. It happens when we're struggling. It happens when we're indecisive and uncertain. And we read a passage of Scripture, and it seems to leap off the page to us. It speaks directly into the situation and circumstance we are facing. That's when you suddenly say, wow, that passage was just for me. I haven't noticed that before. It seems as if the Holy Spirit of God has written some extra verses just for you that you'd never seen before. And why didn't you see them before? Because you were living in a different place, and your need was different. And He speaks to us from the pages of His Word. And we have huge advantages on Samuel. Samuel. We have the entirety of God's Word from Genesis through to Revelation. We have the indwelling enabling of God the Holy Spirit, which Samuel never had. And so, what do we say as we come to our close this morning? Simply this. Three things. Number one, we can discern the voice of God in the daily and the routine. It doesn't always have to come in a supernatural manner. It comes from a supernatural source, but He does speak to us through circumstance and routine. Number two, it's so much easier to discern the voice of God when you're walking closely with Him. And I would have to tell you that Over these last 40 or so years, when I get it right in here, I get it right out there. Let me say it again. Please don't miss it when I get it right in here. In other words, when I'm spending time with Him, when I'm longing to hear His voice, when I'm prayerful and dependent and seeking His guidance, when I get it right in here, I get it right out there. And thirdly, and finally, are you actively, intentionally, spending time in the pages of His Word? Or is it time to think again? And I would have to tell you this, that whenever my heart and mind and soul is caught up in moments of deep, abiding, profound prayer, and I'm engaging with God through His Word, I never, ever, ever have to ask myself, what on earth did I come in here for? He makes it crystal clear. I pray for us this morning that that will be our experience this week, as we seek intentionally, compellingly, deliberately to live by faith. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank You for this passage of Scripture this morning. Thank You for all that we have learned as we have steadily made our way through Hebrews chapter 11. Father, whatever our circumstance this week, whatever difficulties we are facing, whatever the challenges are before us, enable us please to walk close with You. Sense Your presence discern your voice in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.